0: Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is July 6, 2020. I hope that everyone had a magnificent Independence Day. Um, It was the first one I've had in a very long time with live fireworks. I got to spend it with uh, a lot of great people. Um, It was a lot of fun and um i hope everyone else had a great independence day as ready as uh, as well ooh as ready that's a Freudian slip because i wanted us to start the show today on this monday with um uh, listening to president trump's uh independence day speech uh it, the importance of this speech is to Uh, allow us to understand how he sees the problems that we have, he's addressing them, and he's calling us to arms. Now, don't get this wrong is calling us to arms and let's grab our guns and start gun tooting and fighting back, right? Uh, He is calling upon us uh, the way that I've been doing the same to my audience, which is stand your ground, uh, Right. Make your voice be heard. Don't allow people to run you over. This morning, I went to my, uh, there's a Starbucks in my building. So after getting up really early and running errands, I went to Starbucks. Now, mind you, this place is a booth, right? It's not like a store where you walk in or anything. The whole store, uh, the whole storefront of this booth is covered in plexiglass, right? You can't, you know, come into c- contact with anything, you know, behind the counter. And they were all wearing masks. So I walked up there after I ran my errands. I was like, let me grab a coffee and head upstairs. And I want to say thank you to Mike for the coffee. Um, you know, he drops me a coffee, uh, you know, almost every single, you know, um, week. And I'm just like, so I just got another coffee and I, I oh, wait, wait. I didn't get my coffee. Let me let me tell you what happened. So I walk up to the plexiglass, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I can't serve you unless you're wearing a mask." The 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 mayor of the city ordered that you have to wear a mask. I said, "Okay, well, I'm not entering into your establishment." He said, "Well, the whole Tower City here has, uh, you know, uh, you know, a mandate. Everybody has to wear a mask." And I was like, "Well, look at all these people walking around with no masks." So. I just want to order my coffee. You have plexiglass. You're wearing a mask. We're at least eight feet apart. Uh, shouldn't be an issue. Should it? Huh? Lo and behold, what do you turn around and say? Yeah, but, um, there is an issue. You're not wearing a mask. And I'm like, are you serious? All right. So I stepped back a foot and I ordered it through the app. (laughs) And I was like, so I'll just pick it up. So when I went there, the guy was like, Hey, Tori, um, I want to give it to you, but you have to wear a mask to pick it up. And I was like, excuse me? So if I was in a drive through would you ask me to wear a mask? He's like, look, man, I don't make the rules. They have cameras. They're going to see us. I was like, fair enough. I'll put my shirt over my face to pick up my coffee. This is exactly what the problem is. And I, you know, I was like, we're crawling with cops here. Why don't we get sighted? Well, lo and behold, as I'm sitting there thinking that as he's making my coffee, who rolls up to the cash register with no mask? That's right, a policeman. And they tell him, well, you have to wear a mask. If you don't have one, we'll give you one. And they gave him a mask so that he can order a coffee. I kid you not. This is where they want you to submit. Like, for me, I understand that when I go to an establishment, I have to wear a mask, uh, you know, because... They are regulated by the city. And if the city is given a mandate, then that business will be shut down if someone is found without mask. I get it. Um, in order for, you know, they have to or they have to shut their doors. One of the two. So I get it. I'm, I totally get it. But my tush is walking around the city mask-free. I am waiting to get a citation. I hope I get a citation because then I can file it in court. But obviously, even the police officers outside my building are not wearing a mask. They're not wearing a mask. And who's their boss? The mayor that made the rule. Why aren't they wearing a mask? Because it's stupid and it's unhealthy. So here's where we're at. Submission. Submission, submit or we will do whatever, uh, cancel culture, right? Now, I want you guys to listen with me and I'll interrupt in certain places so we can kind of understand because our president said a lot during his 20 minutes, uh, you know, speech it was like 25 minute speech, right? Uh, I was watching it live and, you know, I, I loved it. Uh It was powerful. It was exactly what we needed. And it was cut, you know, it cut through all the BS and put it straight. And many people are upset about that. And we'll listen to that too. I don't know which one should we do first? Should we listen to CNN's commentary about it first and then listen to it and see if we heard what they heard kind of thing? Uh, because, you know, he said that our our children are being taught not to love America. And that's true. Wasn't it Barack Hussein Obama who banned the Pledge of Allegiance because it's racist, right? And Brian Stetler, you know, Doughboy, boy, sat there and said, no one's going to understand Trump's speech. But Stetler will, of course, you know, with his truffle shuffling on TV, he understands it better than most. Take a listen to his commentary, how Trump's Mount Rushmore speech won't make sense to most people. Just listen to what he says before we listen to the speech.
1: CNN chief media correspondent Brian Stelter and Brian, the president had a chance to deliver one of those unifying messages, especially ahead of Independence Day, but instead he chose to go on the attack. Do you think that was the right strategy and why?
2: This sounded like a Stephen Miller speech, and that is something that appeals to the parts of the president's base that he really focuses on. This is wartime conservatism, this belief that conservatives are at war trying to protect the country from change. That message, I know it resonates well with the Hannity base, but I don't think this speech made any sense unless you had watched hundreds of hours of Fox News, and you would read all of Newt Gingrich's books. You know, you have to be fully plugged in to the narrative that the right wing is selling on radio, TV, and online, which is about statues, which is about monuments. You know, when the president says something like he said last night, he said, "Uh, schools are teaching students to hate their own country. That makes no sense unless you are plugged into the Hannity universe, and then it makes a lot of sense. So this was clearly only for that audience. It was, of course, carried live on Fox News. But it was in such contrast to what is the biggest cultural event, um, uh, uh, you know, entertainment event this weekend, right? The, what's the biggest moment this weekend? It's the release of Hamilton on Disney Plus, the streaming service. You know, people have been waiting for this for a year. A great American company, uh, Disney, puts out a great American play, Hamilton, which is all about uh, celebrating our founding fathers, understanding their flaws, but understanding their heroism. And I think it's such an interesting contrast that at the same time the president is at Mount Rushmore delivering a speech for Fox about trying to protect statues, um, you actually have millions of people, likely millions of people, streaming this extraordinary Broadway play. It really is quite a contrast. And and I noticed a bunch of people pointing this out on social media overnight. Um, Also, Ron, Ron Brownstein, one of our colleagues, a CNN analyst, he put it this way about the culture war. He said, the president of Red America uses this holiday that most connotes national unity and shared heritage to advance his culture of war um i know it makes sense for the president politically like i said it's a stephen miller speech but it wouldn't make sense at any other time for any other president
0: okay so while he's talking about this and they have their stupid little panel out there looking all concerned that they're delivering the news because i'm gonna play a little bit of cnn before we get to the speech a little clip that i pinned to my twitter um uh to my Twitter feed, Uh, they have a, you know, on the right side of the screen, they have coronavirus pandemic globally. Total cases, 11 million. Deaths, 525,000. In the United States, total cases, 2.8 million, close to that. Deaths, 129,000. So, and obviously it's John Hopkins, the source. I've talked about John Hopkins. Remember, that's the one that took me into their little special programs when I was a kid too. So, uh, so they're, you know, obviously we know that they're, uh, uh, inflating the numbers. Uh, we talked about it on the Tory says show in March. We talked about malaria in March. Oh, right before the shutdown, actually, during the shutdown, before anyone even knew. Why? Because it's all predictable. If we sit back, we can see it's all a show and we're the extras and they're telling us what our reality should be. Because if you take charge of your reality, that's going to be a problem for them. Listen to this. This is 2016 compared to 2020, all referring to Mount Rushmore. Take a listen
2: this is our
3: country in its very best what an incredible achievement
4: visiting mount rushmore today bernie sanders taking in the majesty of the moment this monument to four great american presidents
3: just the accomplishment and the beauty here it really does make one very proud to be an american it- sanders has his
4: own mountain to climb
5: kicking off the independence day weekend president trump will be at uh, mount rushmore where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from native americans told that uh be focusing on the effort to quote tear down our country's history
6: all right lila santiago with that report thank you so much On
0: one. Okay. So in 2016, before President Trump was elected, it was a majestic monument, something that demonstrates America. But now that President Trump is president, Mount Rushmore is a rock with two people that were slave owners on stolen land. Do you see the difference? This is all a show. And by the way, Newt, I don't read any of his books. He's a Bohemian Grove uh, uh, usual. See, uh, you know, I see a lot of people have sent me a lot of videos about slavery and how uh, it wasn't, you know, uh, people that they were importing from the River Niger where you know, in Africa and buying them and that they were white people. If you guys go back to, I don't know, 2017, I think, I was on the Hagman Show and I was explaining that, how they were targeting, how eugenics was happening, how they were using... Uh, Uh, Women from Ireland, women from Europe, white women, white children. It's all about having power. This is not about left, right or demented liberals, which, by the way, I uh, found a video online and I ripped it and I shared it on both my uh, uh, Facebook and my Twitter that shows our youth how they transform into these insane, you know, it's kind of like, you know, seeing those people transform to have face tattoos with no face tattoos. Right. Uh, They've just changed, and it's a dysmorphia, a body image dysmorphia. You could see it. It's coming out in the way they are. You know, they want hair color that's not natural. They want, you know, piercings where piercings don't go. Piercings were actually um, a tribal thing uh, that would mean something. And now they're just supposedly decoration, implanted horns, you know, women with armpit hair. I mean, good. more power to you if you're okay with that. <laughs> um but the bottom line is what we're seeing is our youth is being corrupted um uh you know to to not understand what history is but i it's not just now i mean all of us every single one of you listening has learned history the way it's been taught in school and everyone's going to be really upset when they realize what history is and how you know that ties into you know once we get out of this uh you know bubble that we call Earth, what is really out there? I mean, just a little bit food for thought on this. When you were a child, and and as, a, as an adult, I mean, at one point, you might have went to a planetarium, or you might have heard this. But they tell you that when you look at a star, you see uh, the light of a star that's now dead. I just want you to Take that in so you can understand what the vastness of space really means in that sense. So let's uh, start off with uh, playing the uh, beginning of our president's amazing speech. It was a battle cry to all of us. It was reminding every single American what makes America so incredible. And um, let's talk about it because there's a lot of... uh, words within the words
1: in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats in every case is the predictable result of years of extreme indoctrination and bias and education journalism and other cultural institutions against every law of society and nature our children are taught in school to hate their own country and to believe that the men and women who built it were not heroes but that were villains. The radical view of American history is a web of lies. All perspective is removed. Every virtue is obscured. Every motive is twisted. Every fact is distorted and every flaw is magnified until the history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all recognition. This movement is openly attacking the legacies of every person on Mount Rushmore. They defile the memory of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. Today, we will set history and history's record straight.
0: Now, how do we set it straight? How do we set uh, history's record straight, you guys? Now, first, um, I just wanted to say, uh, history is how we grow. You have a history. You were once a child, then a tweeny, then a teeny, then a young adult, then a... Kind of adult, then a middle-aged adult, then a full-grown adult, then, you know, you pass the middle-aged adult, then you're high enough to get nosebleeds, then you hit the ARPH, right? And then you're just like, <clears throat> elderly. This is your history. Your history, your experiences make you you. Without your history, you are nothing. Without the battle scars, you are nothing. Without your errors and mistakes, you are nothing. So in essence, by taking down any statue or pointing out the wrongdoings uh and uh saying well because this one wrong happened all this good means nothing is wrong period that's not the way it works the you today is not the you yesterday the you tomorrow is not the you today that's the way it is history is there to show a path a course a course to define where you are today And none of what's going on today identifies with the actual course of our history.
1: Before these figures were immortalized in stone, they were American giants in full flesh and blood, gallant men, whose intrepid deeds unleashed the greatest leap of human advancement the world has ever known. Tonight, I will tell you, and most importantly, the youth of our nation, the true stories of these great, great men. From head to toe, George Washington represented the strength, grace, and dignity of the American people. From a small volunteer force of citizen farmers, he created the Continental Army out of nothing and rallied them to stand against the most powerful military on Earth. Through eight long years, through the brutal winter at Valley Forge, through setback after setback on the field of battle, he led those patriots to ultimate triumph. When the Army had dwindled to a few thousand men at Christmas of 1776, when defeat seemed absolutely certain, He took what remained of his forces on a daring nighttime crossing of the Delaware River. They marched through nine miles of frigid darkness, many without boots on their feet, leaving a trail of blood in the snow. In the morning, they seized victory at Trenton. After forcing the surrender of the most powerful empire on the planet, at Yorktown, General Washington did not claim power, but simply returned to Mount Vernon as a private citizen. When called upon again, he presided over the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia and was unanimously elected our first president. When he stepped down after two terms, his former adversary, King George, called him the greatest man of the age. He remains first in our hearts to this day. For as long as Americans love this land, we will honor and cherish the father of our country, George Washington. He will never be removed, abolished, and most of all, he will never be forgotten. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson, the great Thomas Jefferson, was 33 years old when he traveled north to Pennsylvania and brilliantly authored one of the greatest treasures of human history, the Declaration of Independence. He also drafted Virginia's Constitution and conceived and wrote the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom, a model for our cherished First Amendment. After serving as the first Secretary of State and then Vice President, he was elected to the presidency. He ordered American warriors to crush Barbary pirates. He doubled the size of our nation with the Louisiana purchase. And he sent the famous explorers Lewis and Clark into the West on a daring expedition to the Pacific Ocean. He was an architect, an inventor, a diplomat, a scholar, the founder of one of the world's great universities. And an ardent defender of liberty, Americans will forever admire the author of American freedom, Thomas Jefferson.
0: Let's remember, guys. It was uh, you know two hundred and what uh, forty-four years ago that a group of people declared themselves a country were up in arms because their leaders were pushing to leave a union that offered them financial stability and protection. The crown gave us financial stability and protection. It was an expansion of the British Empire. That union provided stable trade and leaving them put every single one of them at risk of catastrophic financial consequences by ushering to, to, to abolish deals that were not working for them. Many leaders at the time of, you know, the colonies didn't share that vision. They didn't want to leave a union and went against the ones in leadership that did, that included George Washington, right? They went against him. Visionary leaders struck them down to succeed, to succeed what they knew was best for their people, America first. That was George Washington's point. He was one leader that led the group to leave a redundant system that only led to more poverty, less freedom, and gave him less independence to lead the people of this new nation, of this new, this new area that they colonized in the best possible way. Most of the inhabitants of this nation were torn 50-50, right? Leave or remain? Do we stay within the empire or do we leave? The richest people, of course, were demanding remain and the poorest with nothing to lose were the most loyal to the vision of an independent nation by leaving the costly stability the union provided. Many were condemning. And ridiculing this leader, George Washington. They were. They were the they were protesting, the rich people were protesting, anything they could. Many were condemning and really killing him and the movement. What kind of man would so recklessly take a risk with the livelihoods of so many on a pipe dream of a more prosperous and independent country outside of the union? George Washington was that man, and in seventeen seventy-six broke free of that union that did, did not suit the people he was leading. And again, here we find ourselves, 244 years later, trying to leave a shadow union that does not offer us protection or freedom. It actually causes our nation's economy more harm than good. It only benefits the shadow economy. One thing before uh, I want to play my advertisements, right, of course. Um, one thing we need to know is that We can excel on a global platform as an individual nation that dictates its own economy, its own laws, and its own standards. And it has been done so successfully throughout the history of time. It was those rebels back then that decided that the union was more about the union than the people. This is why we are uh, reformulating trade agreements with nations. We are deciding not to fund things that are not beneficial to us. It is our nation first. Because when we are saying, oh, we're free, but we are really serving a master that you don't know, it doesn't work. (laughs) America was built with rebels. (laughs) We're always rebels. Rebels that seek freedom. And this was a message of support to all of us that still have that rebel in us as a reminder that what we are doing today and what we did on the last election is exactly what those leaders did 244 years ago. So, on that note, we'll continue with his speech right after this short break.
1: forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer the time for empty talk is over now arrives the hour of action from this day forward a new vision will govern our land from this day forward it's going to be only america first every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
6: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world thank you from the bottom of our heart
7: hi i'm laura loomer and i'm running for congress in florida's 21st congressional district wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite you might think that could never happen in america but it did and to me For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st congressional district because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: Welcome back, everyone. So now we're just going to continue on listening to the president, interrupting him, of course, so that we um, discuss what he's saying, uh, because it's important for us to understand that he put out a call to arms and not weapon arms. Right. But being those rebels that we were back in 1776 being those rebels that understood how important history is in the trials we go through because when the evil ones receive pain so do we but growing pains right
1: and he too will never ever be abandoned by us Abraham Lincoln, the savior of our union, was a self-taught country lawyer who grew up in a log cabin on the American frontier. The first Republican president, he rose to high office from obscurity based on a force and clarity of his anti-slavery convictions very very strong convictions he signed the law that built the transcontinental railroad he signed the homestead act given to some incredible scholars as simply defined ordinary citizens free land to settle anywhere in the american west And he led the country through the darkest hours of American history, giving every ounce of strength that he had to ensure that government of the people, by the people, and for the people, did not perish from this earth. He served as Commander-in-Chief of the U.S. Armed Forces during our bloodiest war the struggle that saved our union and extinguished the evil of slavery. Over 600,000 died in that war. More than 20,000 were killed or wounded in a single day in Antium. At Gettysburg 157 years ago, the union bravely withstood an assault of nearly 15,000 men and threw back Pickett's charge. Lincoln won the Civil War. He issued the Emancipation Proclamation. He led the passage of the 13th Amendment, abolishing slavery for all time. And ultimately, his determination to preserve our nation and our union cost him his life. For as long as we live, Americans will uphold and revere the immortal memory of President Abraham Lincoln. Theodore Roosevelt exemplified the unbridled confidence of our national culture and identity. He saw the tower grandeur of America's mission in the world, and he pursued it with overwhelming energy and zeal. As a lieutenant colonel during the Spanish-American War, he led the famous Rough Riders to defeat the enemy at San Juan Hill. He cleaned up corruption as police commissioner of New York City, then served as the governor of New York, vice president, and at 42 years old, became the youngest ever president of the United States. He sent our great new naval fleet around the globe to announce America's arrival as a world power. He gave us many of our national parks, including the Grand Canyon. He oversaw the construction of the awe-inspiring Panama Canal. And he is the only person ever awarded both the Nobel Peace Prize and the Congressional Medal of Honor. He was American freedom personified in full, the American people will never relinquish the bold, beautiful, and untamed spirit of Theodore Roosevelt. No movement that seeks to dismantle these treasured American legacies can possibly have A love of America at its heart can't happen. No person who remains quiet at the destruction of this resplendent heritage can possibly lead us to a better future. The radical ideology attacking our country advances under the banner of social justice, but in truth, it would demolish both justice and society.
0: It's what they say, right? And, and and you know a lot of people actually contact me. How could you support Scott Adams? He's so, listen, I don't even follow that Scott Adams. There's two Scott Adams. The one that I adore is Scott Adams' show, right? And he's Native American. His dad's actually a chief, you guys, right? Did you know that? I don't know if you guys knew that. And, uh, he's a syndicated radio talk show host. The other Scott Adams, well, yeah, I, <laughs> he's the one that said you have to trade a little to get a little, you don't have to trade anything to be free. We have to remember that we don't, there is no, you know, uh, putting, uh, you know, some giving some to get some, that's not the way freedom works. It's either there or not. It's absolute. There's no kind of free, but not really. Um, Freedom, you might say, is, well, we elect these people and they're not really treating us as free people. Then we unelect them because we have that power. For some reason, people believe that they are powerless over them. Huh? No, they are powerless when it comes to us. This is what we need to realize slowly, of course. Because it seems that ever since, ever since, right? The, dry, the ink on the Declaration of Independence had not even dried. They had already concocted a plan to take it down. That is exactly what it is. We need to realize just how much power we yield To be a free man means that we take control of the power that we are given, not relinquish it. We take responsibility for what we have done, which is put clowns like Pelosi in office, Adam Schiff, John Hovind, Fune. No, I don't like Fune. All of them, de Blasio, Cuomo, Newsom, we all put him there. We all voted no, but they stole the election. We let them steal it. No excuses. That's where we get participation trophies. There are no excuses. This is the main, you know, main idea from all of this that your president is saying. Let's stop making excuses and let's start standing for what. We believe in now. If you believe that your God is a pastafar, you know a pasta monster, because that's a real thing, actually. Being pastafarian. If you believe that by providing no privacy to yourself gives you safety, then so be it. Each and every one of us are individual. Each and every one of us has our own reality. The only reason that we share it is because we choose to that we're on the same page. Let's just remember that it's a choice. Everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. We are in control. So whatever is happening in our life, good and bad, we've made decisions to come to that. Yeah. Many of us blindsided. I could tell you horror story of being blindsided, but that happens and it's okay because we learn from those mistakes. We learn and we grow from those mistakes. Now, here's where he starts getting into the really good stuff that even the left can't trash. But, you know, Stettler kind of covered it with, no one will understand what he's saying. Here we go.
1: It would transform justice into an instrument of division and vengeance, and it would turn our free and inclusive society into a place of repression, domination, and exclusion. They want to silence us, but we will not be silenced. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We will state the truth in full without apology. We declare that the United States of America is the most just and exceptional nation ever to exist on Earth.
0: And it is so. We will not stop speaking the truth, no matter how many ears it makes bleed, how many people start to melt, how many people start to scream and cry. The facts are the facts.
1: We are proud of the fact that our country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And we understand that these values have dramatically advanced the cause of peace and justice throughout the world, we know that the American family is the bedrock of American life. We recognize the solemn right and moral duty of every nation to secure its borders. And we are building the wall. We remember that governments exist to protect the safety and happiness of their own people. A nation must care for its own citizens first. We must take care of America first. It's,
0: it's imperative we do. Kind of like on an airplane, guys, is it racist or discriminatory to say, hey, if you have a child or someone disabled or an elderly person next to you, put on the oxygen mask first and then help someone else. If you're down and you're a leader, right? And you're leading a group of people into war, right? What are you going to do? You're going to secure your person first so that way you can lead the rest right? That's how it goes. You can't go handing out aid to all these nations when you have people starving in your own. How do we explore space when we haven't even explored our planet? Well, that's what they tell you. These are basic truths. These are facts. These aren't discriminatory statements. These aren't racist. That's fact. You help yourself before you help another. Oh, you're homeless. Come here. You can stay at my home. I'll just figure it out. That's not how it goes. You help yourself. You build yourself to a point where you have the ability to help others. We cannot help others if our own people are in pain, hungry, with no health care, no roof over their head, and no jobs. That's not the way it works. It works America first, then everyone else. It's been the same same story for decades. We're creating jobs overseas. Well what about over here? Yeah, we'll be fine.
1: Wow. It's time. <laughs> we believe in equal opportunity, equal justice, and equal treatment for citizens of every race, background, religion, and creed. Every child of every color, born and unborn is made in the holy image of God. We want free and open debate, not speech codes and cancel culture. We embrace tolerance, not prejudice. We support the courageous men and women of law enforcement. We will never abolish our police or our great Second Amendment, which gives us the right to keep and bear arms. We believe that our children should be taught to love their country, honor their history, and respect our great American flag.
0: Yes, they should. Because if you noticed, it's going around how these two females, or Zs, I don't know what they identify as, put out a message saying that they're ashamed to be Americans. Listen to them. Listen to this. I aim
5: to be an American when not all folks are free. And I won't forget the enslaved who died and built this place for free. So I proudly lift up all the folks who are still oppressed today. Cause there ain't no doubt this ain't our land. Fuck Trump and fuck the USA.
0: So these are children. Uh, Young adults, I would say, they were pitter pattering in water for free. You know, there's other nations where you're not allowed to go to the water if you're not of a certain class or a certain color or, you know, if you own the place. But they freely went there. These privileged young ladies that live in the United States of America and they hate and they're ashamed to be American. So a lot of people were thinking, well, oh yeah, uh, you know, uh, one tweet that went out and I retweeted was from Ian, Ian Miles Chong. He said, trade these two traders for two Hong Kongers that would proudly fly the American flag. I say, where are their parents, man? If, if that was any of my kids, the minute that would be up, I would be down. Oh my gosh. I would be, I would fly from wherever I was on the planet To just go there and put them in the corner. Are you kidding? This is the fault of how they were raised. How they were raised. And this falls into what President Trump got into uh, further down the line in his speech. How we raise our children is important. Who educates our children is important. And that is one of the biggest problems our nation is facing. I mean, remember, Obama abolished the Pledge of Allegiance, right? That is a very big deal.
1: We stand tall, we stand proud, and we only kneel to almighty God. Amen. This is who we are. This is what we believe. And these are the values that will guide us as we strive to build an even better and greater future. Those who seek to erase our heritage want Americans to forget our pride and our great dignity so that we can no longer understand ourselves or America's destiny. In toppling the heroes of 1776, They seek to dissolve the bonds of love and loyalty that we feel for our country and that we feel for each other. Their goal is not a better America. Their goal is to end America.
0: And remember, here we were on the Tory Says Show where I broke down Barack Hussein Obama's speech, Hillary Clinton's speech. They told you in 2016 there would be no America. They told you what the plan was. The NAU, the North American Union. All you have to do is look back to that speech where Barack Hussein Obama, soon to be impeached. Yes, you can do that retroactively. He sat there with the former, former president of Mexico, oh, you know, the one that got millions and millions of dollars from El Chapo, right, to do what he wants, that one, with eyebrow gate Trudeau, so Gestapo, like Canadians are starting to wake up and see it. And they sat there on a global platform and were excited about ushering in the North American Union eradicating borders between Canada and Mexico and opening it up to the European continent. Whoa, whoa. You mean no more America? Yeah, exactly that. And you know who fixed that? President Trump. But we have idiots that were probably raised by more idiots, just like the girls we heard earlier, that say that they're ashamed to be American. See, this is what the problem is, that People aren't educated in how civilizations uh, are created, how they, uh, you know, redraw borders through wars, through change, because it's stolen land. Yeah. Whatever England has is stolen, too. What France has is stolen, too. What Germany has, Russia has, Arabia has, everybody has redrawn borders, erased borders. That is the way civilizations expand, collapse and expand. It's natural. It's the way things happen. And the nations that work, stick. The nations that don't work, collapse. That's the way it is. And work through what? Ruling with an iron fist like the crown? Or, rooting, or ruling with your hand to your heart like the United States was intended to rule? That's, and, and, and it's not really rule because the rulers are you and I. The members of that nation. We should remember that.
1: In its place, they want power for themselves. But just as patriots did in centuries past, the American people will stand in their way, and we will win, and win quickly and with great dignity. We will never let them rip America's heroes from our monuments or from our hearts. By tearing down Washington and Jefferson, these radicals would tear down the very heritage for which men gave their lives to win the Civil War. They would erase the memory that inspired those soldiers to go to their deaths, singing these words of the battle hymn of the Republic. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on.
0: Now, see, I don't see how this was a a bad speech. This was an incredible speech. It gets better. But we're going to have to wait till the next hour since we're going to break in just a few seconds. For those of you watching on YouTube and Facebook, there will be a silent period um, for uh, the show uh, while it goes to break. I just want you guys to let that sit there. Oh, and another thing. I spent July 4th weekend with Millie Weaver and she had this amazing idea. What if President Trump created a garden of all these leaders and we just nabbed every single person that went to get them? Because according to this new law put out, it's a felony, right? Which means that they can't vote after that. (laughs) Pretty impressive. But anyway, I'll see you guys in just a bit uh, right after this short break. And uh, we'll continue this and talk Epstein and more in the second hour. Yes. Alright, welcome back everyone to the Tory Sess Show. This is the second hour of the Tory Sess Show, uh, July 6, 2020. We've got about another, uh, you know, 14 days of severe pain to go through, but a lot of breaths of fresh air coming in. Uh, everything will kind of start, uh, showing you how Labor Day, right after Labor Day, is very important. Uh, you're gonna start seeing that after the 20th of July. Uh, we're going to continue with just uh, listening to the tail end uh, of the president's speech, which is about nine minutes left, where we can hear the battle cry. Because a lot of us have listened to this. I had to hear it a couple times to understand where he was going with it. This is where he tells us uh, and tells those that have deaf ears, because we have lost the ability to have objectivity. Um, have lost the ability to listen. We only hear things now. There's a difference between hearing and listening and comprehend what he is telling us. So, uh, we're going to finish this up because it actually rolls into other things that are happening, which are probably a repercussion of this speech. Just saying. And um, then we're going to talk a little bit about Epstein. Wednesday is when we're really going to talk about Epstein because I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some. Pretty um, crazy revelations happening uh, in regards to that. So here we go.
1: They would tear down the principles that propelled the abolition of slavery and ultimately around the world, ending an evil institution that had plagued humanity for thousands and thousands of years. Our opponents would tear apart the very documents that Martin Luther King used to express his dream and the ideas that were the foundation of the Righteous Movement for Civil Rights. They would tear down the beliefs, culture, and identity that have made America the most vibrant and tolerant society in the history of the earth. My fellow Americans, it is time to speak up loudly and strongly and powerfully and defend the integrity of our country.
0: He's telling you that's plain English, that's straightforward.
1: It is time for our politicians to summon the bravery and determination of our American ancestors. It is time. It is time to plant our flag and to protect the greatest of this nation, for citizens of every race, in every city, and every part of this glorious land. For the sake of our honor, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our union, we must protect and preserve our history, our heritage, and our great heroes. Here tonight, before the eyes of our forefathers, Americans declare again, as we did 244 years ago, that we will not be tyrannized, we will not be demeaned, and we will not be intimidated by bad, evil people. It will not happen.
0: Listen to that. We will not be intimidated by bad, evil people. This was never about the left versus the right, insane liberalism. This is about pure evil. Because at its core, evil seeks to create minions, right? I mean, that's the idea behind Satan is to create subjects that cause chaos for him to feed off of. Hmm. Do you see that here? Do you see it in your area, in your nation, in your backyard? I see it everywhere. We all do.
1: We will proclaim the ideals of the Declaration of Independence, and we will never surrender the spirit and the courage and the cause of July 4th, 1776. Upon this ground, we will stand firm and unwavering. In the face of lies meant to divide us, demoralize us, and diminish us, We will show that the story of America unites us, inspires us, includes us all, and makes everyone free. We must demand that our children are taught once again to see America, as did Reverend Martin Luther King when he said that the Founders had signed a promissory note to every future generation. Dr. King saw that the mission of justice required us to fully embrace our founding ideals. Those ideals are so important to us, the founding ideals. He called on his fellow citizens not to rip down their heritage, but to live up to their heritage
0: that's it guys when are we going to live up to our heritage where when are we going to live up to the declaration of independence it's been 244 years and it seems like we're going backwards we're just trying to undo it can you see that
1: above all our children from every community must be taught that to be american is to inherit the spirit of the most adventurous and confident people ever to walk the face of the Earth. Americans are the people who pursued our manifest destiny across the ocean, into the uncharted wilderness, over the tallest mountains, and then into the skies, and even into the stars. We are the country of Andrew Jackson, Ulysses S. Grant, and Frederick Douglass. We are the land of Wild Bill Hickok and Buffalo Bill Cody. We are the nation that gave rise to the Wright Brothers, the Tuskegee Airmen, Harriet Tubman, Clara Barton, Jesse Owens, George Patton, General George Patton the great Louis Armstrong, Alan Shepard, Elvis Presley, and Muhammad Ali. And only America could have produced them all.
0: That is a fact. Why? Because they were a melting pot of everyone. We need to remember all of these great things that we've achieved While growing as a civilization, we are an infant among ancient nations, regimes, and empires, the rebels that say we don't have to be oppressed. We don't have to have set rules and be put in a box, and we can still flourish. I've said this before. If the Saudis really wanted to take us out the Iranians, the Brits, everybody, they would have done so. But they don't because they like what this diverse nation has to provide. And so they want us to voluntarily submit. Because you cannot use a fist, right, to subdue rebels. You have to do it from within. This is all about infiltration. this insurgence is an infiltration. they have infiltrated every single facet of the American life, starting with what our children. We have created things in a hundred years that had not been created in thousands per se, as history likes to say. And yet we are a bad nation. we are a racist nation. Remember the same example that I always give. You have two rooms in one room. You have people, 10 people that wear khakis, same shirt, love the same music, abide by the same rules, same shoes, agree with the same, whatever values they've decided to agree with. And they're all on the same page. And then you have another room with 10 people. 10 people that don't agree on anything. 10 people that, you know, pray to a different God, uh, that dress differently, that love differently, that talk differently, that enjoy themselves differently. Now in those two rooms, if you give them a problem, you will get one solution from the room of a band of vanilla that are the same across the board. You give that same problem. To that diverse room, you will not have one solution. You will have thousands. You will have debates and you will actually get the best solution because you will have a little bit of everything contributing, lots of perspectives, lots of walks of life. That's what makes America amazing. And that's what every other empire didn't have. This is why they hate us because we were successful and by showing the world that this works, hmm, may make their own people want to rebel and take power away from them. Strip them of crowns and jewels. Submission. Ah, remember this is all about power and the president so nicely puts it.
1: No other place. We are the culture that put up the Hoover Dam, laid down the highways, and sculpted the skyline of Manhattan. We are the people who dreamed a spectacular dream. It was called Las Vegas in the Nevada desert, (laughs) who built up Miami from the Florida Marsh and who carved our heroes into the face of Mount Rushmore Americans harnessed electricity split the atom and gave the world the telephone and the Internet we settled the Wild West won two world wars landed American astronauts on the moon and one day very soon We will plant our flag on Mars. We gave the world the poetry of Walt Whitman, the stories of Mark Twain, the songs of Irving Berlin, the voice of Ella Fitzgerald, the style of Frank Sinatra, The comedy of Bob Hope, the power of the Saturn V rocket, the toughness of the Ford F-150, and the awesome might of the American aircraft carriers.
0: Isn't it great how he's reminding us how from the inception of our nation, we took the world out of candlelight to electricity, out of pigeon carriers and horse-drawn carts to cars, from boats to cross continents to go across the continents to airplanes. We did that. Why? Because we decided that that technology should not stand in the hands of the few, but it should be with the many. Because that was what America wanted. That's what free people do. They don't forfeit their right to freedom for protection. You can protect yourself. They don't forfeit their right to privacy because they have nothing to hide. They sanction it. They savor it. This is how you produce and advance and create a better tomorrow. By being diverse, by being independent, and by thinking forward, rather than backwards.
1: Americans must never lose sight of this miraculous story. We should never lose sight of it. Nobody has ever done it like we have done it. So today, under the authority vested in me as President of the United States, I am announcing the creation of a new monument to the giants of our past. I am signing an executive order to establish the National Guard of American Heroes, a vast outdoor park that will feature the statues of the greatest Americans to ever live. From this night and from this magnificent place, let us go forward united in our purpose and rededicated in our resolve. We will raise the next generation of American patriots. We will write the next thrilling chapter of the American adventure. We are. And we will teach our children to know that they live in a land of legends, that nothing can stop them, and that no one can hold them down. They will know that in America, you can do anything, you can be anything, and together, we can achieve anything.
0: And we showed that on November in 2016.
1: Uplifted by the titans of Mount Rushmore, we will find unity that no one expected. We will make strides that no one thought possible. This country will be everything that our citizens have hoped for for so many years and that our enemies fear Because we will never forget that the American freedom exists for American greatness. And that's what we have, American greatness.
0: Indeed, all other nations fear if we are successful in being citizens that can bear arms, that can say what they want, pray how they want, act like they want, and yet still work. (laughs) That terrifies the crown (laughs) that terrifies the Maharaja, right? That terrifies the sultans that terrifies everyone that terrifies every single leader that rules with fear and oppression that terrifies them all because America, just like the statue of Liberty indicates is the light of hope. We create everything we are everywhere. We have given so much to this whole planet in the way of freedom to have access to everything. And we are enlightening them because on this earth, where we go one, we go all. And we are setting the tone for the rest of the world. And that is what these foreign powers fear. What if? My people in India. What if the people of Britain? What if the people of Germany, the people of South Africa, Ghana, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Afghanistan, Mongolia, you name it, decide, wait a minute. Hey, we are many, they are few. We want to be free too. Still stay to our culture, co- but we want to be free. We want to say how our nation moves forward. We want to dictate how our economy goes. And that way, those nations can also be great with the eyes of their people.
1: Centuries from now, our legacy will be the cities we built, the champions we forged, the good that we did, and the monuments we created to inspire us all. My fellow citizens America's destiny is in our sights America's heroes Are embedded in our hearts? America's future is in our hands and ladies and gentlemen The best is yet
0: to come Yes, it is the best is yet to come that is exactly what we are anticipating closing this cycle of madness, eradicating the shadow governments, the shadow economy, the shadow, everything we, the people stand. We are many. They are few. Why are we allowing them to have and yield so much power over us when that wasn't ever the plan that was never what the declaration of independence intended It intended to keep us free, (laughs) yet they keep us subdued. And again, we see once more that it is the judicial arm that is causing the most damage because it is our laws and our order that keeps us on that path. Now, having heard that speech, I want us to listen to Fox analyzing Kanye West running for president. Talk about IIA, right? For a Kanye
6: West White House. Here's what Yeezy tweeted yesterday. Quote, we must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. Hashtag 2020 vision. So, Governor Huckabee, we ask you, are you all in on Kanye 2020? Look, it's a free country. He can certainly run. I think he's going to be surprised to find out all of the incredible limitations upon his entertainment career the moment he becomes an official candidate for president, all of the vast financial reporting that he's going to be required to do, and all of the disclosures, some of which are not going to be pleasant for someone in the entertainment industry, and all of the limitations on the money he can earn and how he can spend it. I think it's going to be a a rude awakening. Now, what I would suggest to Kanye, and I have great respect for him. Uh, He seems to be a fascinating character. But he should come talk to me uh, and maybe 16 others of us who stood on the stage with Donald Trump in 2016. And he should ask me how that goes before he really jumps into the deep end of the pool. I might have some advice for him. And I promise it would be good advice.
4: Wise words from the governor there for Yeezy. But let me let me take you back. You mentioned President Trump, you know, in recent years, you've seen Kanye showing up at the White House, really getting inside the inner circle with the president. Of course, reporters like myself, you know, just hoarding around it to see what he says. Some of it uh, perhaps less uh, uh, what you would expect from someone uh, visiting the White House. But but on a serious note, If you give Kanye the advice and he does build on his uh, celebrity to try and make a political difference in that tweet, he said, you know, 2020 vision, hashtag 2020 vision. What would you advise him that that his vision
1: should be?
6: Well, I've got a suggestion for him. Here's an idea. Let's make America great again. Oh, maybe that one's already been taken but it's a great idea because I, I do think we need to recapture the spirit of this country that pioneer spirit that led people to take incredible risk uh, with themselves their families their fortunes and their futures and to build the greatest country on earth and to do it with a sense of ever-growing equality and an ever-growing sense of opportunity we, we never were a perfect nation Our founders even said we're going to work toward a more perfect union, but they never assumed that we were one or that we would become one because too many of us were involved in in this country. But they always were striving for it to be better. And we are better. And I've been to a lot of places on Earth, about 70 countries around the globe. I've yet to be in one that I thought was better than this one. And to these folks out there in the mobs tearing statues down, I would suggest to them, do a little traveling. And if you find a country that you think is a lot better for opportunity and that will allow you to go and burn the flag of the country you're in, tear down statues in public places and rip art to pieces and and uh, create this kind of mayhem, then... We'll send your stuff. You don't even have to come back and get it. We'll put it in a crate. We'll <laughs> ship it to you and good luck for that. By the way, Griff, I got to before I get out of here. Met one of your high school buddies from Memphis out on the beach the other day and boy, oh boy, does he have some stories on you, my friend. You better hope we run out of time before I start telling them.
4: Oh, governor, uh, I don't know who's got a You
5: know, Kanye or
4: me.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You better okay. hope there's not so enough time governor, you can't wait until- me to start.
0: <laughs> Let's just say, so what do you guys think about Kanye running? Uh, you know, for me, I was just thinking, wait, Kim Kardashian as the first lady? Right? <laughs> I mean, look, this woman's smart. And I guess her persona, you know, makes her money. But, mm. Have you ever seen that clip where he's like, you know, how many times have you used the pool? And she's like, yeah, like never, but we need a jacuzzi. I think that says it all, right? Ugh. Hey, right, welcome back, everyone, to the Torres Show. So, here's where we're going to talk about what's happening today, what to expect from. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Epstein. We know I have a huge dossier on Epstein. I had been telling the world who Epstein was. Ghislaine Maxwell is not his victim; she is his handler. Uh, I've written about it. I've talked about it. We're going to touch about it. But first, I want you to listen to what Mark Meadows has to say, um, previewing the upcoming rally that's happening uh, in New Hampshire by the president. Take a listen to this.
3: For the White House, uh, Mark Meadows with us. First interview since he took that job. Uh, Mark, thanks uh, thanks so much
4: for joining us. Appreciate it good to be with you Brian
3: thanks okay first let's talk about the violence in those cities it captured the president's attention that's why he tweeted about it but this is something that came up before he wrote a letter uh, to these cities saying try to get get crime under control or or I'll assert myself in that and Mayor Lightfoot came out says I got a message for the president for the common theme of his misogynistic racist rants Uh, the thing you need to remember we're all tough women we're not going to take any stuff from anybody is that the type of reaction you
4: thought a mayor under fire who can't control their city should have? Well, it's certainly not the response, and it's uh, certainly we see the results uh, this morning from the, the weekend of violence. That Really, the president is not only standing ready, but he has been ready. About eight days ago, he instructed uh, a number of federal uh, support teams to make sure that across the country that they stand ready, not just in those cities, but in Seattle, in Portland, St. Louis, other areas where, where literally we've got DOJ and Federal Protective Service is there standing ready so it's time that we make sure that our cities are safe and if the local police need help we'll stand ready and be there for them and the president's been very clear about that but mark you have to be invited right well, certainly there are some times when you have to be invited. But other than that, this president is going to take action and make, make sure that all life is protected. And when we look at the Constitution, we have a constitutional duty to make sure that those cities are safe. And, and far too often we see liberal mayors and liberal leaders of these cities looking the other way while they want to throw a, a whole lot of insults towards Washington, D.C. when we see a meltdown in their own cities.
0: So you have some people around the country, like the governor of New Jersey, who Steve and I were talking earlier. Steve, you said the numbers in New Jersey are down now when it comes to COVID.
8: Yeah.
0: All right. So the the governor there is saying
7: everyone, no matter where you go, you have to wear a mask. Listen to what he said about it.
6: We're only as strong as our weakest link right now. As you mentioned in the, uh, the, in the outset of the program, I, I said we went through hell. We cannot afford to go through hell again. Uh, we need a national strategy, I think, right now. And masking has got to be at the core of that.
8: No one wants
0: to go through that again. Is that necessary, though? Do you think that that should be a state-to-state issue and up to
7: the local leaders, or should it be a federal mandate? You have to wear a mask no matter where you go.
4: Well, well, certainly a, a state-to-state uh, issue. As we look across the country, obviously the narrative is uh, the COVID cases are rising, but testing is rising exponentially. We've now tested almost 10% of our country, and yet when we look at, at mask and the wearing of masks, uh, that's done on a, a location basis when you can't have social distancing but certainly a, a, a national mandate is is not in order we're allowing our governors and our local mayors uh, to weigh in on that
3: and in fact, the president of the United States himself, Mark, weighed in on masks last week. And he told uh, one of the correspondents for Fox Business that he was fine with masking. would wear a mask if he was in tight quarters uh, going forward. Could be in tight quarters uh, toward the end of this week because we understand the campaign is going to head north to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Where apparently there's going to be a rally, it's going to be outdoors, uh, hand sanitizers, everybody's going to get a mask and are encouraged to wear a mask, which is different than the Tulsa event, which we're looking at right there. Why are you why do you think the campaign is now saying, hey, we think it's in your best interest to wear a mask at this outdoor rally?
4: well obviously we're looking forward to being in the granite state and back with the folks up in new hampshire and as we look at that it's it's more a a, a factor of precaution Mm -hmm. uh and as we look at uh, at that we're a nation of freedoms and certainly we want to make sure that that people are are free to assemble and yet what we've seen is far too often we've said we're just going to shut everything down i'm not in favor of that the president's not in favor of that and so as we start to open up uh if masks are appropriate and and you're right the president mentioned that he's willing to to uh wear a mask if appropriate in tight quarters i know a number of us have done the same uh but it's all trying to make sure that we deal with this virus and make sure that the american people know that that help is on the way i want to stress uh, a couple of things when we had testing problems this president acted when we had problems with ventilators this president acted mm-hmm. when we had problems with ppe this president acted and there's good news on the way whether it's therapeutics or a vaccine, we help is on the way. We will be able to make sure that we deliver those by the end of the year. Yep. So, Mark, oh, go ahead. Steve Can Mark. I just ask a follow-up? Uh, thank you, Brian. Um,
3: Mark, you said that uh, the New Hampshire event, you know, they're out of an abundance of caution and taking more precautions. You know, hindsight is always twenty-twenty. Should they have taken more precautions with the Tulsa event?
4: Well listen we we have not seen major outbreaks with the Tulsa event you know a lot is is there uh, when we start to look at that there were uh, a, a few that uh, actually had had uh, contracted uh, the coronavirus but we want to make sure that other people feel safe and so in doing so uh we allow that freedom to take place and and certainly want to encourage that going forward uh Mark the president said 99% of these cases The COVID positive cases are harmless.
3: What? How's he? Where did he get that stat from?
4: Or is is
3: that a generalization?
4: No, I don't even know that it's a generalization. When you start to look at the stats and look at all the numbers that we have, the amount of testing that we have, the vast majority of people are safe from this. When you look at the deaths that we have, if you're over 80 years of age or if you have uh, three what they call comorbidities, uh, diabetes, hypertension, uh, uh, heart issues, then you need to be very, very careful. Outside of that, the risks are extremely low, and the president's right with that, and and the facts and the statistics back us up there.
0: So COVID-19, we want to recycle that. We want to mooch it. We want to milk it. We want to use it. We want to keep people in fear, and then we want them to submit with the masks. Well, it's not just the masks. They want to submit and close down our industries, too. What does this tell you right after the July 4th celebration where we saw the same people protesting for the Dakota Access Pipeline get this announcement?
1: news on the dakota access
4: pipeline lauren what do you got
5: yeah this is about 1200 miles of pipeline from the bakken shell that basically delivered the uh the uh, oil to um an illinois uh terminal and the issue is a district court has ordered the dakota access pipeline to be shut down not only shut down but emptied as well within 30 days. So that deadline is August 5th. Here's the reason. They want a lengthy environmental review to take place for mm. Sioux Native American tribes fear environmental harm because of this pipeline. The pipeline cost three point eight billion dollars to build. It's been operating for about three years now, must be shut down and emptied per this district court judge. One more thing. We just did the story in the last hour, um, of, yeah. of Duke and Dominion canceling their eight billion dollar pipeline. This is the reason why the, the regulatory risks that come with it and, and the lengthy delays
0: ah so now let's kill the oil boom let's kill the independence in uh, you know energy I mean that's the way you go you kill everything that's how they do it Uh, do you see it do you see how they move it along because that's what they want oh it's the Sioux tribes (laughs) where we were just this weekend uh, promoting America first promoting these things who is this judge what have I said about the judicial arm that's the problem that we have, the problem that we have, is that we are trying to fight an enemy that has been embedded everywhere, everywhere. And in the meantime, we have cards that will take down the whole house of cards in our possession. But for how long? Longtime Jeffrey Epstein confidant Ghislaine Maxwell
8: expected to be extradited to New York early this week to face charges she conspired with Jeff. Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse underage girls. Ghislaine Maxwell arrested in New Hampshire last week. Joining me now is Fox News Senior Judicial Analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, people talk about her being offered a deal, but when Epstein was arrested, why wouldn't she have inked a deal then if that's what she was going to do? Do prosecutors even need to offer her a deal at this point?
9: Well, uh, good morning, Dagan. Uh, You know, people often don't offer deals until they're about to be arrested or they have been arrested. She may somehow in her mind have thought she could have lived forever in in New Hampshire and nobody would catch her. turns out the FBI had been watching her for months and was just waiting for the right time. Uh, Prosecutors are always interested in a deal. A trial of this nature would be traumatic for the victims and expensive for the government. And they may very well have arrested her with the hopes that she will help them. I mean, one of their targets is eighth in line to the throne of Great Britain, one of the government's targets. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, uh, refuses to, uh, to speak to the FBI, as is his, his right under British and under uh, American law. And there's very little the American government can do to force him uh, to testify unless they have some, some more evidence against him. Uh, The the rampant speculation over the weekend is that she is the living embodiment of Jeffrey Epstein's black book because she was with him for so long and knows everybody with with whom he was involved, not only uh, for sexual liaisons, many of which would have been uh, profoundly uh, illegal.
0: Okay, let's stop right there just for a second. So the Ghislaine uh, Maxwell charges are conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illicit and illegal sex acts, enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, conspiracy to transport minors with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Now, those are the charges, three counts, that Fox is telling you. And what they're telling you is that uh, Ms. Maxwell is the embodiment of his black book again I will remind you now everyone knows Les Wexner uh, the state of Ohio has been well endowed by him there is the Ohio State University actually has the Wex uh, the the Wexner Medical Center there's so many things that he funded yet why don't they change that name he is a prolific pedophile actually one of the women that has gone up against Jeffrey Epstein was entrapped in Ohio in Les Wexner's home To be his sex slave, along with her sibling, if you remember. She thought she was an artist. She moved from New York to Ohio, and he wouldn't let her out. She was a slave. She was owned by Wexner. Yet, there he is on almost uh, every building in the state of Ohio because he was rich. Now, was Wexner the one that made him the big dude he is? Not really. It was Edgar Bronfman and... Robert Maxwell, Robert Maxwell, the big, you know, media tycoon. He had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of media outlets, right? The one that was an avid sailor, traveled around the world in his yacht, that drowned, right? Back in the 90s, he drowned, uh that'll be coming up this week, too, uh, more in depth, because in order to understand what you're seeing in front of you right now with the Epstein scandal, you need to understand how it originated and how it happened. Let's not forget the 1992 cracking of the uh, UK financial system. That's how Soros was induct, no, wow, inducted into the cabal, right? That was his proving moment. You know how uh, back in the days, the tribes would say, well, go and slay a dragon or a lion and we will put you into our group. That was his. He broke the crown system. And these two little clowns, Bromfman and Maxwell. Oh, by the way, Edgar Bronfman is the father of the woman who was the handler of Keith Ranier, of the Nixium sex cult. And then we have Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, she was his victim. No, she was his handler. She was the boss. Epstein was not. Epstein was not the boss. He was the connection between the shadow global government and our local fourth unelected branch of government. Just to make it clear, just to make it clear who she was, his handler. She was the boss. And you know who knows a lot about that? Huh. Lois Frankel, congresswoman of the Florida's 21st district. The one that's going up against head to head with Laura Loomer. The one that was mayor of West Palm Beach when Epstein was arrested and then was a tourist in jail. That's someone that knows because from what I hear and I've seen from a report that's coming out, um, she's had meetings with Ghislaine Maxwell as mayor and as congresswoman. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. How deep does this rabbit hole go? You know, it's pretty incredible that in the year 2020... Instead of fighting to protect those less vulnerable, those that are vulnerable and even beyond vulnerable, like children, the unborn little kids, we're focusing on, you know... (laughs) sex and how you identify and uh, what other rubbish color. No one sees color. It's 2020. Here's where they have us distracted. We have a disease that isn't really a disease. It's just a flu, but it's been hyped up. So, hey, instead of focusing on that, but here we are where it comes into focus. It comes into focus to show you just how they operate. You know, I want to say something on insurance, because we all know Epstein's deals uh, with the uh, shadow government on a local level, because it couldn't been Maxwell, is that uh, of pedophilia, you know, knocking them out with little girls or whatever. Menendez, Bob Menendez knows. Bob Menendez, who wants to take out every single person that was in the international office that Trump appointed. And you have to ask yourself, why? Mm? That should be coming soon too. There's always a time and place for everything to come out. But think what other insurance do they have? Insurance like, hey, you work for me, I'll help you get that loan. Here's how we're going to do it. I'll give you the paperwork. You just say this. Whoop, financial fraud, you're stuck. Because if you tell on me, you're going to jail for so many years. You're going to lose your house. Your kids won't be able to school, go to school. They won't go to college. Oh, well, I can't talk to them. I can't talk about them because my kid went to Harvard because of them. My kid went to this private school because of them. I got the car that I needed because of them. I got the credit score that I needed because of them. I got the mortgage that I needed because of them. I can't say anything, can I? Insurance comes in all forms, shapes, and sizes. What are people willing to sell themselves for? I mean, the same people that George Soros pays $50, $400, $500 to go and break things are the same ones that if you throw in a pair of Yeezys, they'll they'll jump into whatever, you know, whatever thing you want to put them in because that's the value that they place on their life. Their, their morals are none. It's plain out. Mercenary level, which is bottom feeder level, which is no self-respect. And one thing I noticed with our president uh, these past four years is showing us that even with his hands and his feet tied, he's gotten things done while he's been battling the news and all they've been doing is attacking him when all he's trying to do is make things better. It not only shows us just what the problem is, which is power and that these power hungry people don't want to let go, but it also shows us. How important it is to believe in good will overcome evil no matter what. Because this is exactly what's going on. This is exactly what's good does always overcome evil. Now, November 3rd is our election, but you will remember, remember the 5th of November very well. And if you remember, there was the New Year's show that I said was all about 2020 vision. That was, that's, that was the title of it too. New Year's Day, 2020, it's about 2020 vision. What did Kanye tweet out? 2020 vision. I'm just saying IIAs are in full effect, both good and bad. Now, an IIA, don't get me wrong, an internet, um, interactive internet activity is never good, ever. Even if the goal is good. Misinformation, reality hacking is never, ever good. Because it comes... At the expense of your freedom and your ability to seek. Being one of those people that have deployed many such operations of reality hacking for what we would say, the greater good of America, for the greater good of peace and war, blah, 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 blah. It's never a good idea. But sometimes we tell ourselves it's necessary we say we will play dirty because they are. I just want you to have that in mind. There's so many times that we say that. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, just because it's being done for good now doesn't mean it's okay. But I am coming to terms with the fact that reality hacking of those that lack the ability to uh, research for themselves, think for themselves, objectively look at facts themselves may indeed be how you take them to the door. You walk someone to a door, but you, you, I mean, you could push them through it, but you know, they might fall down while they go through it, right? Because they're not expecting it or they might not have a good foothold. The only thing we can do is take people to the door. Once you take them to the door, it's their choice to go through And unfortunately, misinformation is purposeful sometimes. And it is for that reason, not for those that can think, not for those that are objective, but for those that are too blind to see the door. So many around, so many. And we're seeing that every single day, that there are so many people that are blind to the truth that cannot see the truth because they have no eyes. They have no eyes. Or I would say they have eyes that they've never used. That's a better way of saying it. That they have eyes that they have not used independently. They've been told what to see. They've been told what to think, walk, talk, eat, everything. I mean, right now, what people are looking at is a new large-scale coronavirus stimulus. And everybody wants that. Everybody wants to hand out. Why not? Right? Free money, whatever. Here is what Fox is just saying about this new bid by Kanye with his taking 20, Twitter by storm with his twenty twenty vision. Tiga, listen,
8: tweeting over the weekend that he's planning to run for the presidency in November. Here's what he wrote. We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. Hashtag 2020 vision. 500,000 retweets, more than 1 million likes. Still not clear whether he's serious about this campaign. He did miss ballot deadlines in several key states and hasn't registered with the Federal Election Commission. Lee? I mean, it's hard to know if this is for real or not. So, um, you know, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. But it is an interesting thing to think about if a third party... Um, candidate were to come in the election at this point because one thing we know for sure is that support for the presidential candidates that are out there today, specifically Joe Biden, is not that strong. Two-thirds of folks who are voting for Joe Biden are saying they're actually voting against Donald Trump. So if there's another candidate
7: out there for folks to vote for, I think it's actually going to hurt Joe Biden more than it's going to hurt Donald Trump. Allie? To follow on to Lee's point, I would agree, and I think it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting representation of the fact that the volatility, which has been hugely outsized in the first half of this year, has largely been driven by our sort of economic shutdown and recession based on a in, in coma in the environment. But I think that the election is going to be a huge source of volatility in the markets for all of the reasons we discussed. Uh, you know, for the next number of months, we are less than four months away, believe it or not, and that should continue to create both opportunities and concerns in the capital markets.
0: Interesting. So is he running? Is he not running? I mean, uh, you know, one reality hack, another reality hack, another reality. Like, how many do you have to peel back? You know, Dakota Access Pipeline. Whoa. So now we're going to just stymie our energy market, too. I mean, who looks to make money? Warren Buffett. Uh, I wonder, you know, do we have access to this Judges Anonymous LLC accounts, FBI or, you know, DOJ, who have been the shield of this shadow global government forever. Bar? Mm Mm-mm. You need to raise that bar. I mean, last year I said it was Labor Day. Uh, But, you know, that was pushback. The thing about a fixed point in time is that we push it back far enough so it dilutes and it doesn't manifest. Warned you about this in 2000, where I told you how it would be the cities against the country. And here it is manifesting once again, the cities against the country. We've pushed it back to 2020 as opposed to happening in 2003. I mean, they didn't want it either. Hence 9-11. The point is, how much control do you have over your reality? Mm, not that much. I think it's about time we take it. Take the bull by the horns and move it. Be loud. Be loud. Be firm and be steady in your values and what you have to say. And everything else will follow if we only stay true to ourselves. On that note, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. I may have some some special guests coming online. (laughs) God bless everyone from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. See you tomorrow.